It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas here with you on Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast here with you every single weekday. We got some news and notes and then uh, some listener texts and then some listener voicemails. We're all over the place today and uh, we are pumped that you are joining us. Michael, how are you? Doing great this morning, Zach. How are you? Man, I'm good. I am good. All right. First things first, we got a game time for Auburn's next game against Mississippi State next week. They will play the Cowbells at 3 o'clock Central Time, and that will be on the SEC Network next weekend. Initial thoughts to that. I hope Auburn wins by 100. Uh, same. Auburn's 11-1 coming off bye weeks. And then, of course, Mississippi State's best player, their running back, Kylan Hill. He is sitting out for the rest of the season to prepare for the NFL draft. So, things not looking great in Mississippi State right now. Just kind of a quick... Look ahead to next weekend. Auburn should be in a great spot in this game, but we've seen them in the past go to Stark Vegas and weird things happen. Yeah, but this isn't this is not the same Mississippi State team. I mean, let's be honest. This is not a usually when Auburn goes to to Stark Vegas and, and weird stuff happens, it's like, you know, the final score's three to two. Usually. I like how you say usually there, because that's happened once. <laughs> yeah. But, so. I mean, e- even a few years ago, though, when you know Auburn's offense was looking good and they couldn't score a touchdown there, it's just, it's, it's just weird stuff happens in Starganistan. But we will see what happens next weekend. But, yeah, that'll be at 3 o'clock. Selfishly, I love that. So we'll see. Um, also, big news yesterday, Derek Call was named SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week, had two sacks, Against um, against LSU, one of those was the strip sack that allowed Christian Tut to score. Um, I think I was from twenty yards out. Michael, I'm not gonna lie, this announcement surprised me a little bit. He was good, but I I wasn't watching the LSU game thinking, oh man, Derek Hall is just killing it. Like I don't even think we mentioned his name yesterday. Yeah, he. Um... He played well. He was Auburn's highest graded player in the game. I will say that. So he, he I, I mean, he had a great game. Yeah, Justin Ferguson in front of the program said he had five pressures on his 15 pass rush attempts. So that's good. That's a very high clip there. Um, what else yeah, is pro football? What, what else does PFF say about his performance? He, uh, he only played 23 total snaps which seems really low for a guy to win SEC player of the week or whatever. Um, but yeah, 15 pass rush snaps, which to me says, you know, if he's pass rushing 15 out of 23 plays, then the, uh, the defensive coaching staff is putting him in position to do what he's most successful at. Yeah. He had a 91.7 overall grade. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really, really, really good. And a 90.6 pass rushing grade, which Mm. again is really, really really high. Right. 
Uh, it brings his pass rush grade on the season to an 81.9, which is also very good. Um, this has him as at four total pressures, two sacks, two hurries. Um, he had three stops, which basically means he forced three negative, uh, three failed plays by the offense. One forced fumble did allow one reception on one target in coverage for five yards. Okay. I mean, a big storyline we had, and I think we like named the show Friday, Ken Auburn's defensive line impact LSU, because we haven't seen any kind of pass rush consistently for this team. Mm-hmm. But we did see it against LSU, so much so that Auburn had a defensive lineman be named SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. I know a lot of talk was about the offense, as it should be, as they put up 48 points. But um, maybe the defensive line's starting to get something going here. Yeah, the defense was, I mean, I thought we talked about it a little bit yesterday. But the yeah. defense was so good. Right. I mean, this was this this was a master class by by Steele and, and company. They they dominated this game. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought that was awesome for um for Derek Hall. You know, maybe he can kind of come into his own and start being, you know, that Jeff Holland role that we saw a few years ago and just kind of be, hey, I'm gonna be on the field on third and long. Mentioned mm-hmm. that yesterday. Kevin Steele is so good at forcing opposing offenses to third and long and then just forcing opposing quarterbacks to make tough throws and Finley wasn't able to do it. I don't think um, many other quarterbacks that Auburn plays this year will be able to do it. I think Mac Jones and Kellen Mond could possibly do it when they play Alabama and A&M to wrap up the season, but I don't expect Auburn to lose again until they play Alabama, largely because of that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think that they're going to lose to Mississippi State, and, and Tennessee certainly doesn't look like the same football team that started the season. So Yeah, and, and going into the year, you, you remember, I felt really weird about that Tennessee game. I suddenly feel a lot different about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. And I think something else that's interesting is just kind of the change of the mood from the Auburn fan base, and we'll touch on that with listener texts and voicemails um, coming up. Today's show brought to you by our good friends, at Frisky Whiskey, just uh, off the interstate as soon as you get into Georgia. Um, I mean, a a crazy cost difference. Michael, you go to Frisky Whiskey, I go to Frisky Whiskey, and uh, that's where I head to uh, stock up. It's only about a 20-minute drive from Auburn to Opelika, and it's well worth the savings that you get. And also, I mean, there's just so many different things to pick from, whether you want wine, any kind of liquor, um, beer, and they even got tobacco and lottery, if that is your thing. So head over to Frisky Whiskey. Just type in Frisky Whiskey in your phone's GPS. It'll take you right there. Um, absolutely love the guys there. Tell them Locked on Auburn sent you. Also, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer designed to chill. Um, it is cold lagered and cold brewed. I mean, it is... Um, it's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. I know I had several Coors Light while watching Auburn play this past uh, this past weekend and enjoying my very chill Halloween. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. 
Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. You can uh, text or call our listener hotline, 205-502-4285. First up, Randy texts us. Uh, Randy from Milwaukee says, well, that was unexpected. Love Roman Harper calling Auburn secondary elite. I thought for a while that Bo's best option was to get better, was to get downhill. He is a fantastic passer when DBs have to worry about him running. I was absolutely wrong. Very different Auburn team Saturday night, and I was dead wrong. Yeah, Michael, if you remember, Randy was very pessimistic about this Auburn team, and uh, he's one of the many folks that we'll talk to or hear from today that this this one big game has really changed the attitude around this program. Yeah, and it's um, – I don't know if it's one game. I feel, kind of feel like it's two games. You're right. That's fair. That's fair. Two games because they were really good last weekend also. You're right. You're right. Um, here's another one, and uh, this, is, this is the switch of attitude that I was looking for. They don't say their name in this text, but um, – now that we have a win like that, a hypothetical has to be asked. If Auburn wins out, would being undefeated in the West matter? Or would Alabama's record being a loss less than ours carry them in? Would Auburn beating two top 10 teams get them into the playoff without an SEC championship? I love that we went from, is Gus the guy, to, hey, if we went out, can we make it to the playoff? <laughs> I love it. I love the attitude. Um Auburn would have to win out, and Alabama would have to lose another game for Auburn to get into the SEC championship. I don't see Alabama losing two games, so that would be tough. And as far as Auburn getting into the playoff with just two losses, I think it's possible you would need other teams to lose, obviously. Georgia would have another loss to Alabama, so with two losses to Alabama if you're Georgia, um, and then Georgia beat Auburn. So I feel like Georgia would have to lose another game as well um, for Auburn to kind of pass them in the pecking order. And then I think you need um, – I think you need – really, I think you just need Ohio State to run away with it in the Big Ten, Clemson to run away with it in the ACC. And then maybe you've got a chance, but you would need a lot of other things to happen. Yeah, you definitely need a lot of other things to happen, but Zach um... – the path to to the S like through the SEC, I don't think is as difficult as what you just said. Okay. Um, Georgia's got one loss already. I think they're going to lose to Florida. Okay. So, basically, you need someone to beat Florida, and then you need Florida in the SEC championship game to beat Alabama. So then. Everyone's got two losses. See, I disagree. I think I think Auburn needs to beat Alabama, and then Alabama needs to win the SEC championship. But I don't know, man. Then you got a one-loss SEC champ. You're not on the same playing field. I think you got to go for the four seed, though. And so you've got Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and then you look across the country, and it's like, all right, who's the number four team? And there's nobody that's super obvious in that spot yet. Yeah, that could be it also. Like, who's the best team that's not going to win their conference this year? And I'm not counting the the Big 12 because I don't think they have a playoff team. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Through, uh, through, through two weeks in the Big 10, it doesn't look like they've got another team. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think was, the argument was either Michigan or Penn State, and that does not look good 
um, moving forward. So we'll see. Um, all right, somebody else texted us. So, guys, what do we do for the bye week? I think you should do some radio calls from throughout the season. Andy Burcham does a phenomenal job. Just relive some moments because, boy, does he ever does he ever really encompass the game with his tone. Can't wait to hear him call some basketball. Um, we cannot do that, I don't think. Um, Brad Law, I know you listen. Let me know if I can do that. I don't think we can. Um, better yet, preview basketball all week. I really can't wait, guys. That basketball Ferrari is about to break the sound barrier or faithfully crash into a wall. If there's one thing that I really, truly take away from basketball, hear me out, guys. When Bruce, you all right? Yeah, all right. sorry. You're good. When Bruce and the team <laughs> um, did the tip-off at Toomer's Corner, Coach Pearl called Stretch Bola our secret weapon a literal handful of times. I'm excited to see all 10 guys make a case to play. Yeah, the energy for Auburn basketball is incredible. So we're, what, less than four weeks away, almost three weeks away. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's exciting. Um, yeah, we'll touch on some basketball this week. We can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll do like a top moments so far this season and just kind of a midseason progress report type thing. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. That make, that does make sense. That that does sound good to me. Zach. Are you okay? Are you good? I don't know, man. Did you fall a second ago? What was that sound? <laughs> no, I bumped my computer. Okay. I'm like Michael, you all right, bud? You all right? Hi. Before we go to the next question, really quick, I am okay. sorry. No, you're good. Um, I'm gonna interject with another bit of uh, Derek Hall information. Please go ahead. Because I I kept poking around here. Um, Derek Hall's pass rush production I guess is what you call it yeah um it's at 9.2 percent which basically means he forces a uh a hurry a sack a pressure like something like that some sort of havoc mm-hmm. on 9.2 percent of his pass rushes which is fourth in the SEC for eligible um defensive linemen yeah I mean that's one out of every 10 passes you're impacting that's crazy yeah, so he has uh, he has been playing well, I will say. So it's it's I guess it's nice to see him get that recognition. Yeah, yeah. He's got, uh, that's kind of been under the radar for me. Uh, maybe I've just been totally oblivious to what he's been doing, but that's awesome. Yeah, he hasn't played a ton of snaps. He's only played eighty nine snaps this season. Gotcha. Rushed the passer 76, 76 of those eighty nine, and he has one sack on this season. But he does have thirteen pressures, so. That's great. He's getting back there, but they, as we've said before, the defensive line has been struggling to tackle this season. Yeah. It certainly seems like it's been getting better. We'll see if that's just the competition or if that's actually true or some yeah. of both. Yeah, they did They did pretty well uh, against the six foot six guy, six, the six <laughs> six, 250 pound guy. But that's the, true. Uh, the six footer at Ole Miss, they couldn't get. What a world. What a world we live in. <laughs> hey, Built Go makes you the best at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Built Go every day. They're easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. It's this protein gel, and it's um, it's delicious. It's fast-absorbing. It agrees with your body. You feel great afterwards. comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, my personal favorite, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. It's like... Uh, Drinking a monster drink, an energy drink, with a third of the caffeine, with better results. It actually has ingredients that you can pronounce. So, 
Uh, check it out. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you will get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 205-502-4285 is how you can be a part of the show Let's hit up some voicemails. First things first, we have Noah. Uh, yeah, here we go. Hey, Zach. It's Noah from Cumming, Georgia. I just wanted to say that, uh, well, it was great to see that Auburn dominated LSU for the first for a while. For the first time I've ever really seen. Uh, it's nice to get a big win over a big-time team. Uh, and this is just me, or if Bo Nix plays this way into next year, continues this year, I was playing right now, into next year, that Bo Nix could possibly be a Heisman frontrunner. And my other question, question is, is did it look like Seth Williams kind of dominated Derek Stingley minus the one fumble that he, or, or Auburn's offense, I guess, Derek, dominated Derek Stingley? I don't know. Answer my thank you so much and War Eagle. Awesome. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, I love the attitude shift from Auburn fans over these past two games for uh, what Bo Nix was doing. I mean, a lot of Auburn fans wanted to bench him going into Ole Miss, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're getting listener questions about can he be a Heisman frontrunner next year. If he plays like he did against Ole Miss and LSU every game, you know, for the next two seasons, yeah, uh, I think so. Um, the issue here is next year he's probably losing Schwartz. He's probably losing Seth. He may lose Eli. So that's going to be a big deal for next year. And also, the last two games he's played, the defenses have been really, really bad. So <laughs> how much does he get better um, against you know better competition? I think that's the big question. Yeah. Uh, this is – sorry, I'm, I'm laughing, but uh, I really – What are you laughing at? I mean, two weeks ago, we sat here. It's awesome. It's it's an awesome uh, turn of events. Two weeks ago, we sat here like, (laughs) we're not going to rag on the the college kid. But, God, he's been terrible. And now it's like, he can win the Heisman, right? He can win the Heisman. Or if we went out, can we go to the playoff? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I love it. I love every yeah, second of it. Absolutely. And and um, Neil, this was Neil, right? Noah. Noah, sorry. Both start with an I, N. I apologize, Noah. Um, Noah, man, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm picking on you or anything. I absolutely love it. I mean, it is the the switch is incredible. And and to your credit, I, I've said it a, a couple times. I think I said it on the show yesterday, but. I mean, the the Bo Nix we've seen the last two weeks is the five-star quarterback from Pinson Valley. The guy we saw against South Carolina, the guy we saw against, um, oh, man, who else did they lose to? Georgia. The guy we saw against Georgia. I, I wish I could like forget so that game ago. as well. I, I, I'm jealous <laughs> you forgot about that game for a second. They, um, 
you know, that's not the guy Auburn thought they were getting or whatever, right? This was against Ole Miss and LSU. And and to the other part of your question, um, I don't think Seth Williams dominated Derek Stingley. Um, He only had those two catches. But those were big boy catches, man. Those were big boy. Those were, hey, I'm better than you. Do something about it type catches. And I think that matters. Okay. But I mean, like, Seconds after the first one, Derek Stingley f- did force a fumble. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> so how many how many targets did Seth get? Six. Yeah, he got he, three against Stingley. Three targets, two receptions, and he did have forty six yards against him. But again, like, don't you? Aren't you really low on Derek Stingley? Or have you changed your tune on that? No, uh, opposite. I'm very high on Derek. I think Derek Stingley's really stinking good. I thought you were really low on him at one point. Am no, I making that, was that Grant up? Delpit. You're right. That's right. That's Grant right. Delpit. Grant Delpit stinks. And then you know what happened? The Browns drafted him. <laughs> your, and then just your NFL team drafted. I forgot all about that. To add insult to injury. You were so upset. To add insult to injury, <laughs> they. Uh, he got injured during f- fake fall camp. Delpit. So thanks for bringing that one up. I'm so sorry. All right, let's go to our next voicemail here. This is uh, this is Evers. Hey, Zach and Michael. This is Evers Cap. Hope the audio is better this time. Um, Much better. The takeaways that I had um, from yesterday, and you touched on it on your show today. And this is Monday, by the way. and um, Which was that deep ball to Schwartz. I think more than anything, that was not just a statement, but I think for the players and the coaches, like, hey, we can actually hit this because they've tried so many times this year and they never could get the timing down. Um, also, you know, I'm not ready to jump back on the necessarily the bandwagon and, you know, give us enough another extension. But, you know, if we finish out this year, and let's just say we win out, you know, if we go 8-2 and two this year, and I'm not saying we're ready to come out here and we're going to shut Alabama out. But I love it. I don't think we're going to lose 200 I love it so much. I'm like I was a few weeks ago, but – uh they may have something here. And after, you know, Chad Morris is sent as a head coach, he may be taking a Kevin Steele approach. And, you know, I don't know. If, the, if things keep improving, I mean, Bo Nix wasn't on his toes. He wasn't shuffling around before passing the ball. And he's done that the last two weeks. I feel like they've actually taken time. But here, let me coach you. Um, a lot of great improvement. But uh, there may be something here with Gus Malzahn, Chad, and, and Kevin Steele. Who knows? You may have a, a coaching staff that sticks together for years. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Anyways, enjoy the show. You guys are awesome. Have a great rest of the day. Look forward to uh, well, I guess the rest of the show. We don't have we don't have a game this week. So thanks. Anyway, y'all have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much, Evers. Appreciate you uh, you listening, bud. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, once again, I just I love the energy and the excitement around this program now. It's just a complete 180 from where we were two weeks ago. We've gone from firing Gus to almost almost ready to give him an extension. Yeah, Evers didn't double down and say, hey, let's give him an extension, but he was thinking about it. He was thinking about it. And uh, I mean, uh, this just shows you how much stock everyone puts into beating your rivals, right? That's true. You're right. And not losing to South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina stinks. How did that happen? Uh, all right, this is uh, – do you have anything else you want to say to Evers? Thank you for the phone call. Awesome. Uh, here's uh, Mike from Missouri. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Mike from Missouri. Um, so we're about halfway through uh, the the season. We've seen sure. five games of Chad Morris's offense, uh, and and it finally looks like we uh, could potentially be finding our identity on offense. Uh, hopefully, we continue to build on that. But I, I watched um, Stuart Carter's our Stat Tigers. It's about three and a half minute video on how Chad Morris used the tight end. This was just specifically in the Ole Miss game, but I, I just wanted to ask uh, how much you guys feel like the use of tight ends has developed in uh, this year's offense under Chad Morris. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. War Eagle. Hey, thanks, Mike. I have not watched that video, and after I looked at the voicemail last night, um... I could not find it. I thought he did post on Auburn Undercovers board. I looked there and searched there. I couldn't find it. So if you'll uh, shoot us a text on where to find that so I can know exactly what you're talking about, that'd be awesome. Um, As far as tight ends go, I don't think it looks that much different than it did before this year. They're on the field. They're blocking a lot. They're doing a lot of the you know blocking downfield for some of these bigger runs that we've seen. And you're seeing more of them lined up because you're seeing less H-back. But that's kind of it. You're, you're seeing them. Um, you're seeing tight ends lined up off the line of scrimmage, close to the line. You know, with with uh, like JJ Piggy's doing a lot of split zone type blocking stuff. But as far as the passing game goes, I don't think you're seeing that much of a difference. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think he does a better job of setting stuff up for the tight ends, if that makes sense. Uh, for example. Last week against Ole Miss, we saw them do that split zone concept running play over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably when certified big boy J.J. Pegues right might have murdered a man. That guy might be dead. It's and, crazy that every time he gets the ball, he kills someone. Yeah, and, and then this week, it looked like they were running that same split zone action three or four times, and instead they just dumped it off to Pegues for seven yards. Yeah. So, um... I don't feel uh, like that's any different, though, than when they used, like, a quick pass to Chandler Cox in the past or the Swiss Army Nye in the past. I don't feel like scheme-wise that's any different. I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to go look this up, but I'm pretty sure J.J. Pegues had more catches in this game than Spencer Nye had in in his Auburn career. Well, J.J. had three, right? Yeah. Three last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, not a knock on, on, on the Swiss Army Nye. Everyone knows no, how sure. much we love him. Right. But the, um, Would literally do anything for him. It, it's just the, like, uh, I guess I should say I feel like that is deliberate to get the ball to a playmaker at tight end. Yeah. And, you know, they've got the, um, well, we saw a, a lot of other I think tight I, ends. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. I, I think a better, I think a better comparison would be Harold Joyner from last year where they would put him in the backfield and then throw to him. I, I think, I think it's similar to that. Yeah, maybe you might be right. I don't know. I might just feel like they're more involved, and they might not be, to be honest. Um, I have not looked into any sort of numbers or anything about that, but I feel like we talk about them a lot. And, yeah, Zach, like you're saying, a lot of times it is um, it is about blocking. But, I don't know, maybe they don't get open. 
because you know we saw Luke Deal run a few routes. We we obviously have seen um, John Samuel Shanker run routes, right? Um, so maybe they're just struggling to get open, or maybe Bo just doesn't feel like he's got that rapport with them or something. I'm not sure. Last not year, sure. Joyner had six catches for 128. I feel like that's comparable to what we're seeing with JJ Pegues. JJ's running more shallow stuff. You know, Harold they you know kind of put out of the backfield. I know the the wheel route is always open. You know, he had a few of those for some you know some some chunk plays at times last year. But I think it's similar there. I I don't think you're seeing a guy put his hand on the ground and then you know run a ten yard out to to move the chains. I just don't feel like you're seeing that a whole lot. Now there's different ways to use the tight end, like we're talking about with JJ Pegues, but just schematically. I don't think it's that much different. Even when, like, even, uh, I don't know, Eli Stove's touchdown from this past week, where it's like he caught the ball at the line of scrimmage. Like, I don't think that's that much different than, you know, throwing it to a tight end right there. Just from a scheme standpoint. From a yeah, personnel standpoint, well, it's different. And that, that I think that's what Auburn wants. I don't think Auburn fans care where they catch the football. They may. I don't know. But... It's an interesting conversation for sure. I, I I would like to find that video, Mike. If you'll send me that, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Babs, do you have anything else to add from today's show before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Cool. All right. Where can people find you? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We're back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.